Chris Friesen. Hi, Ben. How's it going, bud? It's going pretty good. Just, uh, just finished downing hot buffalo wings. Faces on fire. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got news for you. What's up? It's not her. Who's not her? What? Oh. That girl. It's not Stacy. Confirmed. Got you. Got you. Okay. Did she end up listening to the cast? I don't know, man. I uh, I went back and forth with her. I guess we should provide a little bit of context. So last week we had talked, and uh, I was trying to search pretty hard for Stacy, and came across a bunch of different people. And there's one one girl, Stacy. Uh, she's a Winnipeg girl, and she does lots of work with women's shelters in the area. So I had asked you if if you thought that might be her, and you weren't really sure. So I went back and forth uh, with her on Twitter quite a bit, and um, I think she ended up listening to a li- little bit of episode two, and that's how she figured out that it definitely wasn't her um, because she thought she knew a Chris Friesen. So we're still on the the lookout for Stacy, and uh, no idea where she is. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of Chris Friesen in the city, is it? fairly common name so i think so so did you did you end up talking to your grandpa yeah i did end up talking to my grandfather and um it was a really really weird conversation so um i called him up and uh asked him some questions i'm like so do you remember that time when i was a kid and uh my mom and grandma came and got me out of school and then first he kind of like said something and it jogged my memory he's like oh you mean your your aunt and her sister tried to come get you right but then uh the school didn't let them take you and i completely had forgotten about this instance altogether and i was like oh yeah completely forgot about that um but when we kept talking about the the situation that i was talking about he just it it, the feeling that i got from him was really weird it was like he this whole the whole situation didn't happen to him because i was asking him pretty personal questions and i i've kind of explained to my about my grandfather before that he like likes to push stuff under the rug and hope that it goes away well i think he did that back then uh so much like um what am i trying to say like he did it and then he tried to forget as much as possible because he barely remembered anything from it and i felt that was really strange because that was such a big part of our life like that whole time was such a big part of our life and uh the more i dug the more i realized that he just probably in the back of his mind just pushed it so far that he was just forgetting about the whole thing so in the end we had talked about the place and he's like well um there's lots of them they don't list them the the women's shelters aren't listed so we we would have no idea where you were and then i asked him about school and then he had no answers for me any of the questions that i had he was just like oh i don't remember he's like why do you want to know and stuff like this and and uh so yeah that happened i'm ben grinnell and this is character Episode 4, 
the Sandlot. Basically, in the end, I got nothing. He basically was oblivious to all of my questions. It was a really weird feeling, because I remember it so vividly. Was he weirded out that you called him? <laughs> like, how did that go? You, you called him up and you're like, hey, Gramps, what's going on? And then you just started asking him these questions out of nowhere? No, no, it's not really weird, because that's kind of the relationship we have. Um... Like, if I needed something or if he needed something, we just cut to the chase. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Um, I have a question for you, kind of thing. So it was never, we never really did small talk. We never really had anything to small talk about. So we just literally go straight to the chase. You, you call him up, you're like, hey, Gramps. Remember that time I got kidnapped and he's just straight into it, all business? That's, this is exactly what happened. I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> oh, I was like, hey, I was like, uh, do you remember that time when I was a kid and I was in, sc in, in school and um, mom and grandma tried uh, came to get me uh, out of the school? And, he, and then he instantly remembered the only the other time where my grandma, <coughs> grandma's, um, I don't know what they are. She's my aunt. They're my aunt. So uh, her mom's, my grandma's mom's sisters, I guess, tried to come get me out of school. And that didn't work because they were guardians i totally forgot about that man so the only way that we can figure this out is if you talk to your grandma yep and that's not even a for sure thing like i'm pretty sure she's not doing well mentally she was never doing very well mentally but i think she's not very good at all right now oh that's not good that's not good yeah um yeah and then that whole thing remember back when i was talking about my grandma and like her side of the family has had people that have met, had mental issues yep uh the people that had those mental issues were those aunts so oh no yes yeah, so one of them was actually like hospitalized for a long time and the other one was just she wasn't hospitalized but she was also crazy jeez yeah some heavy stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Memories. This is gonna be—it's gonna be tough to unpack this one, but we'll—I uh, don't know—I don't know how we're gonna unpack it, but we—we we have to try and find Stacy here. I don't know what we can do. I think the only possible way is if we can find—if we can find the place, and you can recall it from pictures that you're a hundred percent sure that's it. Then we can figure out where it was. And we can start spreading some some love around social media, and hopefully people will share it. Saying, "Do you know a person named Stacy who would have been living at this place, or are you Stacy?" Basically, yeah. There's a couple things that um, I think I think what I know I need to do is to like to bear down and talk to my grandmother. Like that would probably solve a lot of the issues. There is one other person that would have known. Uh, it was my grandma's best friend who lived at the end of my aunt's street, my current, where my aunt is living now. Hmm. But she passed away. 
so but she had a daughter um <laughs> that's a whole other story for when i was younger too <laughs> oh man well let's yeah. let, we should let's pick it up uh what are we gonna do here we we're talking i know so we let's rewind a bit we talked a whole bunch of stuff here yeah this thing's getting kind of real here people are starting to listen to it which is uh absolutely amazing like it's just so um so interesting that your story is getting spread like it's being spread to anyone in the world who wants to listen to it right now it's crazy yeah it's pretty crazy you know like it's it's we launched last week um getting getting a lot of people checking it out which is just so appreciate it so much that people are interested in it and uh so you and i are still trying not to talk but logistically we have to talk about what we might want to do for finding people yes so we talked about um who was it that you were gonna oh talk a little little bit about that one finding out who your dad is what are we doing for that okay so i think uh I think we're going to try to get in contact with the boy's mother. I think that's what we talked about. Yeah. So you said you were going to talk to her. Yeah. I think uh, we're going to talk to her, or I'm going to give her a call. Or I have her email address, too. <clears throat> and then we're going to try to try to go from there, see what we can do. Um, I was trying to figure it out. I cannot remember his name now. Like... I asked everyone I knew. I woke up and I was just so confused. I was just like, why can't I remember this kid's name? And I looked in my Facebook history and I looked everywhere to find what this kid's name was. But um, the easiest thing to do would just be to call the mother and uh, see if I can... We, <clears throat> we can arrange this DNA test. I think what I'll do is I'll look into that too to see where to do that and how to do that. Because uh, they were down, so um, that shouldn't be shouldn't be difficult to get done dude we gotta get that done for sure yeah yeah so lay lay it on me heavy here we left off with you saying the first time you smoked pot or tried smoking pot was like eight years old and we we're talking a little bit about your grandpa's best friend's cabin where you learned to read by beating kefka the final fantasy boss there yeah, I got that wrong, actually. It was Kefka, not Kefa or Kefa. It was Kefka. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's, uh, let's go back a little bit here. We're just going to... I'm just going to kind of talk about um, <clears throat> when I was a kid and kind of the kind of crew I hung out with. Um, so it was the, the story basically is I was eight years old. Um, I had this friend. His name is Mickey. And I had this other friend who I've known since kindergarten. His name is Brad. Uh, the way I met Brad was funny. In kindergarten, he came up to me, and he introduced me to his girlfriend. His girlfriend's name was Rose. It was this girl that I guess we all have never met. Like, none of us had ever met. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know what a girlfriend was. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's how me and Brad first met. We met in kindergarten. He introduced me to his girlfriend. Um... Mickey, I met later on in elementary. He moved to um, the elementary school that I went to. He was the new kid, and he was also the most popular kid 
from when he came to the school up until we kind of parted ways later in life. So I'm eight years old, and I'm not a I'm not, I was a, I wasn't a very good kid. Like um, I never used that my mom was in jail or I didn't have parents as a reason for being a bad child. I was just not a good child, and. I had made friends with uh, Mickey, who came from a really uh, not a really good home, but he, he had a he had like a stable family at home. And Brad's family, um, they were really nice. I didn't know much about them at the time. When I was really young, I didn't really know much about them. But um, eight-year-old, eight-year-old me, going for a sleepover at uh, Brad's house. We were gonna camp out in his backyard. And I didn't know anything about the plans. So we're over there. And uh, we're in his backyard. We set up the tent. It's like late at night. Uh, his dad, I think, was a trucker. So he wasn't around. And his mom was fast asleep. So Brad comes up. And he's like, um, he's like, guys, I have this, this thing called marijuana. We're going to smoke it. And it's going to make us feel great. <laughs> I'm like... Wait, what do you have? What is that? What do you smoke? Because we used to, as kids, it was like me and Mickey and uh, and Brad, and then we had an, a couple of other friends that I'll introduce later. But we used to, we were really bad kids. There was like this this big wave foods that was on Sheraton, and we used to go in there and we used to just steal candy. And we at the time they had cigarettes still in the aisles where like gum is now, and we used to steal cigarettes. And we used to feel like we were such badasses because we were smoking. When you were eight years old. Oh, this was younger than that. This was come on. We were younger than that, and like we were just we were hellions. We were not good children. I remember uh, me and Mickey one year. I can't remember what year of uh, elementary it was, but we got to school before school started, and there was a Seven Eleven, and we got those like you know those chocolate cigarettes. Yeah. And it was winter. And I think this is what made us start, is we had these chocolate cigarettes, and we were sitting on the play structure, and we were pretending that they were cigarettes. But it was winter, so it was like you could see, like, like our breath looked like smoke. And some guy walked by, and he's like, aren't you kids a little to be too young to be smoking? And we're just like, yeah, we're badass. We got these chocolate cigarettes, and it, some guy thought we were actually smoking. Um, but no, we totally would steal cigarettes from Big Way Foods, um, and we would just smoke um so that's a little bit an introduction of like what kind of children we were like you you were grade one and you were smoking cigarettes we were yeah we were like the most ridiculous we were the most ridiculous kids we um like i've I've explained the the relationship between me my grandfather and my grandma at the time and how i was like never home and like i was always out and stuff like that as kids, it felt like we were our own family. We like we thought our like most kids, your crew at the time, you feel like that's gonna be your crew, like for life, right? Like that's who you're gonna hang out with. So there was a bunch of us. There was um, there was me. There was Mickey. There was Brad. There's Alfredo who lived on Edison. Who him and his mom were on welfare. So he just he was also a ruffian like us. And then we had the lo- the local bully. It, it felt like. It felt like a, a, a kid's movie almost. That we had the local bully who would always beat us up and steal our money. And, oh man, we were just not good kids. It's like the Sandlot, that movie. You guys are neighborhood kids and <laughs> hit the ball over the fence into that old man's yard. Yeah, I, I we, we there was a park that we always hung out at. 
and uh, there was a, this old man with an apple tree right next to it, and we did do these. We like hit baseballs, and we accidentally broke his window oh one God. day, and 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 the, and the man's son was so mad at us. And now to this day, there is a sign at that park um, that says no, like you cannot play ball or do anything like that oh at that my park. God. Because I guess the man had complained to the city. That man, unfortunately, has passed away, and now his son owns that house, I think. I mean, it's been such a long time. But yeah, so um, that's just a kind of little insight on the kind of kids we were. Um, so then eight-year-old me and Mickey and Brad were in this tent, and at we don't know anything, right? We don't know anything about drugs, or at least I didn't. I had no idea even what marijuana was. I didn't even, like, I was, okay. I was like, all right, we'll get, we're going to do this. So Brad comes out, and he shows it to me. And now that I think about it, it's the funniest thing. Because he shows it to me, and he shows me the leaf. <laughs> so he has the leaf, a dried marijuana leaf. Man, where did he get bud from to begin with? Well, we're getting there. So he he has this dry marijuana leaf, and we're just sitting there in the tent, and he's like, we have a flashlight, an old school, like, 9-volt battery, or D, whatever, D battery, when it's trying to roll this thing, and, and we're failing miserably, and we all take a ch- shot at trying to roll this joint, and um, I think at some point we just completely gave up, and we're just like, we can't do it, we're just going to do it out of the can. Brad's like, I've done this out of the can before, we're going to do it out of the can. I'm like, what? Out of a can? What do you mean, out of a can? So, like, he punctures holes in it, and then we use the can to smoke this leaf. And um, so the funny thing is, it's like Mickey and Brad are the first ones to do it because I was also, like, a kind of a scaredy cat. I was always the one that was on edge about everything as a kid. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're going to get caught or we're going to go to jail or something like that. So, um yeah, Brad and Mickey do it. And then they're just running outside the tent, just running around in circles, like acting like idiots because they're, they're high or they feel like they're high. And I, I don't know, I guess probably, I mean, I assume that if you've never done marijuana before, the leaf possibly could get you high. I have no idea, actually, to be completely honest. Maybe we all thought we were high. Um, but the way that we got it is and um, was a little different. So growing up, my uh, my grandfather and my grandmother always told me, like, when I go to Brad's house, it's like, be careful. If you don't feel safe, you can come home kind of thing like that. And the, the whole Mennonite thing, pushing problems under the rugs, not talking about problems. And, like, and they told me that his parents didn't get along. Like, they were going like, to split up or divorce, which in later in life they did. Um, but it was for the best. And then... So I was, like, always cautious, and they never let me sleep over there. Like, everybody always had sleepovers, and, like, finally I begged, and I was, like, crying my ball, my eyes out to go to the sleepover. So they finally, finally let me do it. <clears throat> my grandfather, I'm pretty sure he's the one that's, like, no, always said no. So then um, I found out that Brad's father, uh, he grows marijuana in their basement. So that's how Brad got exposed to it and that's how we got exposed to it so <clears throat> i guess brad's parents would smoke marijuana in the house and not tell uh brad and his brother sorry i forgot to i left out tommy his brother um so that's i guess that's how we knew so that was my first experience with anything to do with marijuana do you know where any of those guys are brad mickey alfredo like any clue um, 
So this is where it gets a little tough. Um, so me and Mickey, we grew up, and uh, we grew up pretty close to home. Um, Mickey's mom and dad split up. My grandfather and my grandmother split up. Me and Mickey hung out a lot. My grandfather and Mickey's mom ended up dating eventually. So that got really strange for mine and Mickey's relationship. Um, we were like best friends, like me, like I, by best friends, when I say best friends, like we were all best friends. But like me and Mickey were lived really close together and like my grandfather was dating his mom and then Mickey thought that I was going to be like, like he was going to move in and like I was going to be like there all the time and he didn't want to, he, did, he was didn't want me to be his brother he didn't want my grandfather to take over for his dad's place so there was just a lot of like weird feelings between me and mickey so for a long time me and mickey were just not on good terms like yeah me, me mickey there's a there's this instance where me and mickey were younger and we went camping it was all of us and yet at this point me and mickey didn't know that my grandfather and his mother were seeing each other and we went camping and the uh we were, this is my last good but bad memory of Mickey, is we went uh, camping and we uh, went hiking in the woods, me and Mickey. And um, what happened was we got to the end of the trail and we're just like, okay, well, um, we still want to do more. So uh, we continued to just go through the bush. And then I'm still like super short. Like I said, I only grew... I only started to grow at like grade eight, grade nine, and that's where I ended. So I was pretty short still um, when I was still a kid. And we jumped down this cliff, and this, it wasn't really a cliff, it was like just a big rock, but it was taller than me by like a foot. So then um, what was happening was, so we jumped down, and Mickey jumped down first, so he's ahead of me. So then he, what he does is he walks, and we see a road, like maybe like 30 feet away there was a road but mickey steps on a wasp's nest so he steps on this thing and he starts screaming and he's screaming and i'm like what what did you do and he runs to me and he's like i stepped on something and he's like wasps everywhere and it just kind of clicked in my head he stepped on a wasp's nest and so wasps <laughs> were going up into his pants and like stinging him in the legs and they were going at me too and we're so we just jumped off this cliff that we didn't think like we look back and we're like we're never gonna climb up that we had so much adrenaline that we just i saw first i saw mickey go i didn't even think about it i didn't even think about going back up the rock because i'm so small i didn't think it was possible so mickey just runs and he jumps <laughs> up this rock and i'm just like what well like jump climb he jump climbed up this rock and i was like what and then i guess the adrenaline in me i did the exact same thing so then we get up this rock and we're back on the hiking trail. It wasn't very long. It was only like a 10, 15 minute path. Um, but wasps are just like swarming us. Just like he's getting stung. I'm getting stung. We're just running. And we literally thought we were going to die. We thought that this was it. <laughs> like we were running through the woods trying to get back to camp. And um, we were we got lost. And we're like, whoa, what the heck? Like, we don't know where we are. Because I guess we were just so frustrated, like, scared and, like, you know, whatever was going on in our heads. And Mickey's dog, Sparky, may uh, rest his soul. It was a really good dog. Um, he had found us in the middle of the woods. I don't know why he was not, like, with uh, my 
my grandfather and his mother but he was he found us i guess we must have been pretty close to camp because he found us and and then we just followed sparky back to camp it was great it was amazing but we were so scared and to this day i'm still scared of like wasps like i'm nah, no thanks man and how old were you when this happened i'm not sure this is this is much after the the um marijuana incident so this had to be after the divorce after me living with my um, mother or uh, my grandmother in the home this is well after all that stuff so this is like when it's kind of calmed down i'm i'm living with my grandfather now um because me living with my grandmother was not ever going to happen um my grandfather's side of the family didn't let that happen so yeah it was much after and that was kind of like after that your grandpa and mickey's mom broke up sometime and that was kind of the end of you hanging out with them no that was kind of like the start of like when me and mickey's relationship kind of ended where we realized that my grandfather and his mom were dating so yeah so that's kind of where that we like we we like found out because we were camping we we packed up after that like they were they looked at Mickey and we realized that we probably should go back to the city so we could take Mickey because he got it pretty bad. He stepped on it, so he got way worse than I did. Like, he had wasps all up in his pants and stuff like that that were like just crazily stinging him. Um, so we packed up and they gave us I don't know why they gave us the the option to either uh, stay and help pack up or walk to this corner store that was literally felt like nine ever to get to um, and wait there for them we made the mistake of not helping pack up and walk and we just it felt like uh we were walking down this getting terrorized by wasps because wasps were everywhere still they were like swarm they weren't swarming us but we felt like we were being attacked there was like wasps coming at us zipping by our heads and we were just like running for our lives down this road anyway so uh, that happened and uh that's kind of like the beginning and the end of the beginning of my grandfather and mickey's mom seeing each other and then the end of me and mickey's uh close relationship brutal good thing you guys are okay though some people legitimately can die from that like if you get yeah tons of wasp wasp stings then it's just bad news like there was this i can't remember what it was there was some podcast i was listening to the other day and uh i remember what it was it's a lady who she she was talking about producing some um reality show on some foreign island it was like costa rica or i don't know it was somewhere south america it was some somewhere in the jungle and anyways she jumped over a log landed on a wasp's nest and same thing and she got stung it was like 600 and something times and they were by those what are those like african killer bees or something like that that's what I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was super, super bad, and she was on the verge of death, and now she's, like, terribly allergic to any kind of sting. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah it must. It had to not be, like, a big nest or something like that, because he was still able to walk. Oh, dude. Oh, man, I, I think you can get stung by... Well, if you're allergic to them, it takes one sting, but... I th- it takes one, yeah. I think your body... Yeah, it just goes into shock if you get enough stings, you know? Which is weird because I remember 
um, like later on, we were just hanging out down like a later years, and I got stung in the hand by a, a bee, and my hand just swelled up. That makes sense. So yeah, uh, crazy bee incident, kind of like background on me and Mickey's life. Um, and now like, so like this gets kind of kind of sad. So me and Brad, we were um. We, we were really close and we were the two that were the he's the guy that did the, the the trick down the set that i was just like hey man i really need to like get better so i can learn this stuff so like me and brad were the two out of our group at the time that were like the good skateboarders so we were always like pretty close um we always skateboarded and and, and did really stupid things together um but as time progressed, we went through elementary school and then we went to middle school together. But in middle school, we started having like different two different groups of friends. Um, Brad went more into like being the like the popular kids, where I stayed back with my like you know Mickey and Alfredo and people like that. And then high school came, and then me and Brad, uh, I went to one school and he went to another. So we rarely see saw each other. We really only kept in contact when we um when we were like skateboarding we'd call each other up and uh oh i would see him every day on the way almost every day on the way to school because i'd have to pass his street to uh get to river east that was the, the high school i went to and he was in a he at the time he was the only person that i knew that had his license and he would be driving um i guess this must have been like senior year then because he would have been driving at that point that i remember this so like he was driving by um, to go to his and we'd wave at each other and that was kind of the, the last uh, little bit of our friendship that we had um, I want the, the next part is kind of like there's a whole part to it but um, after high school I moved away and then I my grandfather called me and he's like hey um, Brad passed away and I was like what he's like yeah um, he passed away um after graduation he um was doing some drugs and i guess he lost control of his truck and he drove into a telephone pole and i was just blown away like this is this was the first like close friend slash family person that i had that had passed away like i mean my oma had passed away and that meant a lot to me but other than my real family like my friends family was like all these kids that I grew up with and they felt like my my actual family so I was I was pretty blown away like that this was happening like he was gone and uh so that's where me and that's where Brad's story kind of ends was his his passing um I remember I came back to the city for it and at this time I was pretty pretty much a different person um, my hair was past my shoulders I wore skinny jeans and like tight shirts and I I played really heavy hardcore music and um, I didn't wear glasses anymore I was just constantly like wearing contacts so when I went to his funeral it was like it was it was the crew it was the the crew growing up we were all standing in a circle it was just a really weird feeling because we all hadn't been together like this probably since middle school 
and it was just a really weird feeling. And uh, I remember sitting down on the pews, and the the person who was talking, the the priest person, was lying out their teeth about all this religious stuff that he was doing and like me and my friends were just like clenching our fists like this is like we would never want this for our funeral like this is this is terrible and like his mother and his father were just crying at the front and like no one from high school recognized me like i remember i went to go talk to some people and like holy shit like chris friesen like what you're like you long hair you used to be some nerdy kid with big baggy clothes and like skateboarding all the time now you're this yeah anyway my appearance was blew people away and the 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 most the sad part about that was um at the end of it whenever the the whole uh, the program was over and we went to go like pay respects to the parents and tommy his brother is tommy remembered me because me and tommy like tommy was pretty pretty big part of our childhood and um his mother this is what kind of blew me away his mother couldn't recognize me at all and i was like i actually remember i went up to her and i'm like hey like i'm sorry for your loss and she's just like i'm like do you remember me and she's like no i'm like i'm chris friesen and she's like what you're chris friesen and like she was just not all there she was crying and bawling so we we cut it short but she was just like she didn't remember me and it was just a little weird um because we had such a like a pretty intense relationship growing up because it's it sounds like you were with brad all the time like when you were a kid and yeah, like when when I was a kid, we do everything together, like the whole crew. Like we walked to school together. Like it was me, I would walk to Mickey's house and then I'd walk to behind Perkins on Henderson. That's where this kid named Devin lived. So we'd pick up Devin and then on from Devin's we'd go out our way a little bit to pick up Brad and then on the on the on the way there we'd pick up Bobby and then we'd meet Scott. And so it was like a a, a huge line of like picking each other up to go to school to go to middle school so we were always together like throughout elementary school we didn't really we didn't really have any other friends like we didn't do we weren't very good kids like that's the introduction to mickey and brad is um we weren't good kids we would like we were very keen on the gate night we hung around with really bad people um i don't know you probably would know the bowl does that sound familiar which bowl the bowl by macgyver park it's behind a uh, cemetery uh sounds familiar but i haven't i haven't skated it before yeah there was like a few spots like the snake run and then there's like the bowl were kind of underrated places the bowl is very terrible but like we used to go there and like we used to buy drugs and sell drugs and um, the people that were older than us that we thought were super cool, we would um, like make sure that people had paid their money if they owed the money, and it wasn't it wasn't a very nice sight. Um, we just weren't very good kids. We were actually terrible kids. Whatever happened with Alfredo? Alfredo. So he is he was um his we always I feel bad to this day how he was treated. He yeah he lived with his his mom and his dad was a very abusive father so he wasn't around um he beat up his sisters a bunch of times and then he was he just left 
Um, he lived on Edison, and he was on. He was the only kid that we knew that was on welfare growing up, and we were always really upset with him because, like, my grandfather was working, Mickey's parents were working, and like, he would always have like the the big screen TV and like the the, the Super Nintendo, and we were terrible kids. Um, and uh, so we didn't really understand what was going on with that. So we treated him very poorly but i was always the one in the group that was um less of an asshole so like me and alfredo were pretty close like he'd come over and we'd play like in the in like outside and stuff like that um but he was also not very smart he he, he was kind of like me he was in those classes where we had to like go and like d like try to be better at learning I guess um, but yeah so like there's not much other than from him other than we like hung out he wasn't treated very well and then in high school he didn't go to high school after middle school he just kind of just didn't go to high school and we kind of never really heard of him again I do remember though that um, there was this day that I, I went to school and Scott the kid that I grew up with he also we all kind of split ways a little bit um, Scott kind of he came to school drunk and it was after school um that we were walking out and I saw Alfredo because I can remember Alfredo he always had a hood up always he always had a hoodie and he always elementary school middle school he always had a hoodie on and I was like Alfredo and he's like Chris and we're just like kind of rekindled and he's just like yeah I'm here to pick up I guess his girlfriend or something like that and that was the last time I ever saw Alfredo so he like that dude dropped out of he didn't even do middle school. Never mind high school. No, no, no. He didn't. He did middle school. Oh, but he, he just didn't do high school. Just dropped out. He didn't go to high school. Yeah, he just dropped out. We had two friends that did that um, in elementary school. There was this girl, Ashley. Um, she also was not. She did. She was. Uh, she didn't come from a good home at all. She came from abusive family, and there were a lot of people that were into drugs and drinking in that family. And she got pregnant actually after in grade seven. She did come. She did graduate grade she, six, and she did on. come to grade seven. Did you just say she got pregnant after grade seven? Uh, at during the beginning of grade seven, she got pregnant. Come on. Yeah. So and uh, we used to. I can. I think I still have it somewhere. We have a a grade six, um, like yearbook type thing, and I still have her her signature in it and it was ashley slasher because we she was like a, a a bro boy a bro girl she was like a tomboy so she like would always stick up for the people and like beat them up and stuff like that okay but what um, what happened with like did she go through with the pregnancy grade seven we don't know because um we kind of lost her, she, her where she lived was right next to the school i the elementary school i went to but after that and she moved and we don't know where she moved to and then I remember, like, she came to school grade seven. We weren't really, we all went to the same middle school. Uh, she wasn't, uh, and then she was there for, like, I don't know, a couple days. And then she, we, I saw her, and she said that she got pregnant. I think me and Mickey were wondering one day, we're just like, where is Ashley? Like, we, like you know, you go, you go from elementary school, and you, you don't know anybody, and there's people from other schools, so you stay pretty close to your, your friends from elementary school, and, like, uh, we were just wondering where she was, and it was just a really weird thing. And then we found out that she got pregnant, and she dropped out because she got pregnant. I guess she was going to keep the kid. Oh, man. 
I did see her later on, though, like, years later. Um, and uh, I remember asking for an Advil from her. It was like I was skateboarding by um, Chief Pegwis, and it was me and Sheen, who we'll talk about eventually, is. And uh, I saw her, and I'm like, Ashley? And she's like, Chris? And like I'm like, and she, it was just a really weird, because she was in a really weird state, and I didn't ask about the kid or anything like that. But then uh, I asked for a Tylenol, and she accidentally... I don't know if she accidentally did it, but she gave me a birth control instead. <laughs> so, like, I didn't take it. Oh, but, my yeah. God, man. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things, so, you slip them under the rug almost like... Like, just say it in passing, and if I don't catch it... <laughs> like, yeah, she got pregnant yeah, when she was in grade 7. It's, yeah. What the, it's such a... All of these things, this abusiveness and doing drugs at such a young age and getting pregnant it's just such a vicious cycle of shittiness that's the problem it's just so unfortunate because it is cyclical like when this stuff happens it's just unfortunate and it's sad man because you see it happen all the time and it's really hard for people to come out of those situations um in a positive state like something shitty always tends to to happen as an outcome and it's just i hate to see this kind of stuff but it's the reality of the world you know it's the reality and i think um a lot of the reason why i see life in a certain way is all because of this it's got to be it has to be because so much weird stuff has happened and it's like people go through death people go through abusive families but it's just I don't know, there's just a lot to take in, I guess. Um, well, that's that's the thing about you. Like, it's it's hard because there are people that have listened to this that know you and mm-hmm. who might know me but not know you and vice versa. Uh, the thing about you, man, is, like, you're in in the most positive way. You're, like, the most normal guy. Like, you know what I mean? It's not – I'm not saying, like, you're not – like you're a completely as, as special a person as the next person, but you're your own person, absolutely. But you're totally normal and well-adjusted and articulate and smart. And it's just one of those things that, like, given the calculation of all the things that we know so far that you've been exposed to and the things that we still don't know that mm-hmm. you're going to tell us about, it's just like people shake their heads including myself and you're like how did this young man turn out to be such a gentleman like how how is it possible it's like you you defied the odds that it's even possible it's crazy man and and i think i think people need to understand that like these these stories are sad like everybody that talks to me after listening to this are like man this is just like like you have sad stories like bad things have happened to you and like all this stuff um but this isn't the end so but people know the end because they know me so they listen to these stories but they don't realize that like that's what made me now and i mean like i understand like what you're saying is like a lot like if if this happened, all this stuff happened to certain people, they wouldn't come out on top. No. Or I'm not saying it came out on top; it just came out normal. And uh, if you remember the very first pod, the cast that we did, I said at 
at some point or at the end of these stories, you would have a reaction. Yeah. Do you remember of that? Of course I do. And that reaction is the reaction you just had. Yeah. Like it, Everybody has that same reaction. And the thing is, we're not even really halfway even through this yet. And it kind of like people see the beginning and they're just like, oh, man, it's really sad and everything. But it, 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 it's sad and it's going to progressively get more sad. But eventually it gets to a point where you'll understand why I am the way I am today. It didn't. It, just, it wasn't just luck. It, it it happened the way I am now happened for a reason. We'll get there. Mindset. It's all mindset. Yeah. You're you're in control of your own ship. You're steering it. Yeah. And um, luckily, I had some. Uh, I had a lot of push on that one too. Like I never said that I was. I was growing up. I said I would never be like my grandfather. I would never be like my mom. I would be better than that and i'd be my own person i despised my grandfather growing up though wow well man but uh you definitely are your own person that's for sure yeah yeah so uh it's a little rough growing up so that was kind of the the introduction to some of my friends on a on a personal level and the kind of connection that we had um there's a there's a there's a bunch of other people that we kind of that I've mentioned that um, we haven't really talked about that have special places in 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 my childhood. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that also happened. Like when I was a kid, me and Mickey used to play a game where we would pretend like we didn't have parents or and we didn't have a home. So we would just roam around our neighborhood collecting fruit and vegetables from people's gardens and stuff like that and there was this like plot of land that didn't have a house that we built like a a bushcraft shelter i'll call it bushcraft because i'm into bushcraft now but it was just like a shelter and we just like pretend that we lived there without our families it was crazy dude what's bushcraft bushcraft well i can give a really uh definition because i've never really, really had a definition but it's just like how do I explain this? It's just like going out into the woods, being able to survive with just uh, some tools and your hands, I guess. Oh, I gotcha. Wilderness adventures. So, like, wilderness adventures. Being able to go and like being able to make a fire with flint and steel, or like a bow drill, which is just like a stick with uh, like a shoelace or like some kind of rope, and then another stick. And then you just make a bow drill to like make um, like really warm ash that turns into a, a sparker, not a spark. A, what is it called? A flame. Ash. ash. I don't know. Like uh, the, the little fiery bits. An ember. Coals. An ember. That's what we're going for. Yeah. So that's kind of the stuff so, that I'm into. So you're training to be an everyday bear gorillas when you were like ten years old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, without even knowing it, just like just building, just building a little fort to live in. But yeah, and we haven't talked too much about Owen and Keegan. I don't know how much you know about Keegan. I know you know stuff um, about Owen. I know a lot about Owen. Um, there are huge gaps, but I do know for the just most of it. 
Um, I know Owen. Uh, Keegan, we're pretty close now. So she's told me stuff about when she was younger and stuff. So I know quite a bit about Keegan too. Um, we can always we can get into that kind of stuff about them too. Lay some heaviness. Yeah, like uh, Owen, he's. I don't know, man. Like there's there's bad children, and then there's he's the complete opposite of me. He was, man, getting kicked out of elementary schools and setting Keegan's hair on fire like I think everybody said that before and he was just a rotten child and he's still a rotten rotten kid <laughs> like oh, he's not a kid anymore he's an adult um but yeah he is he's been to jail he's he's uh done some pretty bad things um he just needs to get his his head on his shoulders and what what put him in jail uh he went uh <laughs> He actually told me about this uh, not too long ago. Uh, he was just having some trouble, and we were just rekindling our our relationship by just talking more. And he was telling me about he wanted to admit and tell his dad and me everything that's happened. And he was in jail because for grand theft. Um, he used to steal cars and sell them. And he was he had to be like an early teen when he was doing this. Because I remember, yeah, I remember this now because he was. He was 17 when he got caught, but they waited until he was 18 to do his tri trial, so that's when he went to jail. But he was telling me it was crazy because he he was he had stolen a car and I guess the cops were after him, and um, they were watching him. They were waiting for him to steal a car, and then he stole it, and then the cops were chasing him, and there was apparently helicopters. He tried to go into a back lane and just, like, go into a parking lot, turn off the car, and, like, that was it. Like, he would just hide out there. But a helicopter came and, like, shun its light on him. And, like, that's how he was caught. The cops were, like, saw the light or something like that. But, yeah, that's the reason he was in jail. How long was he in the slammer for? I'm not really sure about that one. I don't think it was that long. I think he was released on, like, good behavior or something like that. But he's having a really hard time finding a job right now. Um... Uh, because he has a record, nobody wants to hire him, so he's uh, it's having a little rough. I think he's actually on welfare right now. I think Keegan called me the other day and told me that he's actually on welfare right now. But he he and Keegan don't live together. Uh, they did. Um, well, growing up they did, and recently for the past, he just moved out of his dad's place. But for the past like couple months, maybe two or three months, he was actually living there with Keegan and his dad. That's, uh, and he's like 23 now? He's got to be around that. I don't know his exact age. I can always find out, though. It's not that hard. Um, but yeah. And, and uh, he's, I don't, I, I, I hate to say this, like, but growing up, knowing my mother and now seeing Owen, he is f so much like my mother. It hurts it like really hurts he's not not like full-fledged drug addict but he's very much into drugs like is he doing hard stuff um i wouldn't say is going as far as speed balls but he probably probably dabbles i'm not for sure i don't know anything for sure but he's uh yeah he's not free <laughs> he took the wrong route oh man does he recognize that you're you have a different path in life than he does like is he aware of that we haven't um 
we haven't talked about it because if I know my family and I know my blood, we will just fight. Um, he knows though. He has to know. Like, I, it's kind of weird how I like. I just, I just feel like as a failed brother at some point. But there's like so much that I can do. And like, for a while there, I was trying to help him find a job. Like I was like, hey man, like I had. To, he got in some trouble here, and then he went to BC, and then I had to go get him from Saskatoon. It was a big mess. And, like, we kind of just, like, I try to help him find a job. And I'm like, here, if you need help with your resume. And he's, like, freaking out. He's like, no one's going to hire me because I have a record. And uh, and then I was like, well, you got to give it a shot. And then he was working with his dad at, a like, a shop, a garage. And he was just mad because he was doing the same work that he was doing, but he wasn't getting paid the same so he doesn't understand that you have to like pay your dues you kind of like have to work your way up it's like you don't just go into a job and you make 60k a year you kind of have to like earn that right so he that's his mentality is he he feels like he should get this amazing job right off the bat and if he doesn't he's not even gonna try yeah that's brutal man that's unfortunate yeah it kind of sucks you have to hustle and grind sweep the floors no matter what position you hold. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've talked to him about it before too. It's just like, hey, like this is what you need to do, and he just gives me the, the nod and nod and agree, and then he goes and does his own thing. So uh, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. He's a grown man now. I remember there was, I think the story that started it all, before we had started, uh, before we recorded the first episode. The thing that we had talked about before I went away was uh, that that thing that your your grandma and your mom and I don't even know what happened with this. I just know you said one thing, and I told you I was like, "Stop right there. We got to record this." Oh yeah, now I remember this. Wow. Yeah. So we talked about how my brother got kicked out of elementary schools, right? and how he was a rotten kid he was a terrible kid but this is the one thing that i really didn't understand was when i was younger uh we talked about how um my mom got beat up in front of him and then he came to stay with us uh or stay with my oma and my aunt my aunt but um he was such a terrible kid to everyone like everyone but me like we'd hang out and he would listen to me and it was really weird and I enjoyed it like I was like I was older at this point not that much older still a pretty rotten kid but like he was doing things I was saying whereas other people he would just like completely be an idiot just like yell at them or fight them or say something stupid so when he's not around me, obviously he was a, he was just a devil child. So my grandmother and my mother had this crazy idea. I I don't even I don't even know how. Like this just goes to show like my my grandmother's mentality. Do we want to know this, or do we want to find out your grandma's crazy mentality next time? Okay, yeah, I I think we can do that. I think we should find out about my grandmother first. There's a lot there. <laughs> There's a lot.
Thanks for checking out the podcast this week. Really means a lot to Chris and I that everybody has been supporting and tuning in, subscribing on iTunes and leaving reviews. If you like what you hear, five star it. If you don't like it, give it that one star. Any feedback, all feedback, appreciate it. Make sure you share it with your friends and uh, get this story around because Chris's story needs to be told. And pretty interesting guy, pretty interesting story. Let's let the world hear it. Intro music by Delicate Beats and theme music by me and Molly. Make sure to check them out online. They just dropped their new record on iTunes. Old friend. Theme music has disappeared, so let's take it out. Me and Molly Music.com. Rock and roll.